Thank you so much for tuning in to our church podcast. You can go to atarapentecost.com for questions about services and how to donate. We pray that you are blessed by this message today. God bless. Savor unto me shall you observe to offer unto me in their due season. Verse number three. Thou shalt say unto them, This is the offering made by fire, which you shall offer unto the Lord, two lambs of the first year without spot, day by day, for a continual burnt offering. And we're go- we'll start there this evening, and the, uh, the title of my thought here this evening is Progressive Worship. Progressive Worship. Amen. How many of you know what the word progress means? Progressive, what does it mean? Move forward. Means move forward. Brother Grant, there's an educated man right back there. Okay, well, yeah. In today's world, that's what it means. But, if, but the good old dictionary, it is, in tonight's lesson, it means moving forward in a continual improvement, not satisfied with the status quo, but moving forward in a continuous effort to improve. Anybody want to improve their walk with God tonight? Amen. I think we all do, don't we? And uh, so let's uh, let now. In one version, in one translation, it says, it actually says that, see that you present to me at the appointed time the food for my offerings made by fire as an aroma pleasing to me. Now, how many, how many of you like the smell of a well-cooked dinner? Kind of makes you, you know, makes you want to eat, doesn't it? Is there anything better than the smell of bacon and eggs? I mean, there's just something. I'm not saying it's the best for you, but it sure smells good, doesn't it? But as we as we look at this, I want I want us to to get it, it's a mindset that I want us to get a hold of here today, and that is, I believe that. When it comes to worship, we're going to look at this in a way that what God wants, okay, when we give Him our worship in the morning, okay, it's His breakfast. When we give Him our worship in the evening, to Him. Now, I don't, I'm not taking this completely out of context, okay? In the evening, when we give him our praise and our worship, it's his dinner. Okay? And we're going to look at this. How many of you ever had a progressive dinner? Anybody ever participated in it? It's kind of wild, isn't it? Right? What, what, what is a progressive dinner? Yeah. Usually you have, we'll just say, four different homes, okay? You go to... You know, you go to Brother Sam's home, okay, for the uh, appetizers 
What do we have? What is that? Okay, cheese and crackers. And then, then you go to then you go to Cooper's house, and we're there for the super salad. What do we got? Probably, right? Macaroni and cheese. And then we move to somebody else's house for the main course. What's the main course? Which, anybody got a favorite? Brother Ali? There's Sister Ivanieri. She is a cook. Okay, we just, we know that. Brother Ali, what's the main course? Too many to, too many, too many. And then you stop at the last home for dessert. And maybe, a, you know, maybe a shot of espresso to, to wash it down. And, but the dinner's not complete until you make the rounds. Now, this is, you know, this is really, a, it's, a very, it's a very powerful thought that if we can get a hold of it here this evening, that will help us. But how many, of, how many of us know God's not a God of chaos? He is, he is a progressive God. He is moving forward right now. He is building a better place. How many of you know that? He hasn't stopped building. He is still creating. And which means that he's always got, he's got a plan. He's got a plan for our lives. We understand that. But he is getting better all the time. He is making our lives as the sons and the daughters of God. He is improving our lives every day if we allow him to do it. He wants us to get better and better, and better in our walk with God. God, he, he, never, uh, he never has to have a meeting with his planning department to discuss why things did not go as planned. He doesn't have that. He doesn't have the meeting at the, the first of the month, and, you know, the boss says, well, what happened last month? God doesn't have that. His plans are always going to be completed on time in the way that he designed them. And we, we see this progression from the very first chapter of Genesis. Day one, the world, is a world complete in day one? Of course not. Day two, now... God looked at day number one. He says, it's good. So far, it's good. He says, so far, it's good. Day number two, he, Bible says, he looks around. He says, okay, so far, so good. We know the story. Day three, day four, day five. And then he saves the very best for day six. And he says, it is now complete, and it is very good because now I have humanity, Adam and Eve. I want to just take a moment there, and, and, uh, and then, of course, the Sabbath.
Day number seven. He rests. Okay? Now, let me, let me just kind of, because we are progressing into the image and likeness of God, are we not? We are progressing into a more perfect state. Now, let me ask you this. Have you ever thought of how pure and how holy the mind and the heart of Adam and Eve were in the beginning? Think about that for a minute. They had no baggage to contend with. There was no failure up to the time. We don't know how many days or whatever transpired. There was no shame. There was no guilt. There was no pain. There was no suffering. They were in the purest state that you and I could ever imagine. Heaven, can you imagine having a mind with no history? No history. A mind where there was no, there was never any, up to uh, the, their failure in the garden, there was no pain, there was no suffering, there was nothing. It was just the way God designed it. He is working in our lives to get us back to that perfect state. That's what he is doing for. And it, we all know it doesn't happen overnight. We would, you know, as pastor, as a preacher, I would love it if people would come out of the water and they would be back to, you know, to perfection. And they wouldn't have the scars and they wouldn't have the things that, of their past to deal with and sometimes overload us. But that's what God is doing. And he's showing us here in this lesson that we're going we're gonna to look at tonight, he's showing us that through worship, there is a progressive development that he wants us to get a hold of. And so he created humanity, of course, saved the best for last. They stood together. Wow. Pure state. And on the seventh day, we are introduced to the day of rest, later to be called the Sabbath day we recognize as a day or specific time in which we step back from everything that's going on in the world around us, and we simply, by design, we give God the worship and the praise and the thanksgiving that He's due. Does that sound like worship? Now, I have my... Uh, my own thoughts on this. God created Adam and Eve on the sixth day. Correct? You know what they did on the seventh day? What they did? They walked around, okay? And God says, hey, Adam, this is yours. This is yours. This is yours. Well, how'd I do, Adam? What, how, what do you think of things? And can you imagine what the anticipation that those two had? 
They wanted, they couldn't wait for that eighth day to get out there and start building a treehouse. Right? Because uh, I know I'm using my imagination, but on that seventh day, they walked around and God showed them, and He said, Now, remember, remember this day, okay, Adam? And I want you to always remember this day. I am requesting that you have a time to worship me. And the uh, and and of course, you know we don't we don't get the Sabbath until later on in in uh, the life of Moses. But and I. The Bible says that Adam, he named the animals, right? And here, here's kind of a little. Can you imagine choosing names? And I know these are not names that they named, but can you imagine the first time Adam ran into an elephant? What are you, what are you going to call that? What are you going to call that thing? Adam probably says, uh, well, how about an ant? And he says, no, let's make it elephant. But kind of funny, but hey, first time they see a, a horse or a monkey. But worship, worship. Worship is simply trying to tell him how worthy he is, how powerful how awesome he is, how magnificent he is. And we don't just tell him, but we show him, and that comes up for the first time in the story of Abraham and Isaac. First time worship is used in the Bible. Listen to this. Genesis 22 and 2. And God spoke to Abraham, and he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, go to Moriah, offer him therefore a burnt offering. Abraham says, we're going yonder to worship. Right? Following that story, we all know that. But I think that we find here a very important part of worship, and that is, I think we could safely say that what God is trying to impress upon us here is that God desires Him to be your first love. He says, Abraham, I know how much you love Isaac, but you need to understand that my desire is for me to be your first love. Anybody ever read Revelation 2 and 4? They know what that, what that reads? Somebody was saying something. Brother Kelly? Right. It doesn't say, it says that he's, God says, I have somewhat against you. You have left 
your first love. As you've left your first love. So the, you know, the really, the, the foundation of, you might say, for worship is that we have to make sure that God remains our first love. He's got to be, he's got to have the priority in our life. And when we look at this in, in the book of Numbers, let's look at it here. Um, Exodus 20 and 8 says this, says this is where they get the Sabbath written in stone, you might say. He says, earnestly remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, withdrawn from common employment, and dedicated to God. The next verse explains it is to be a day of rest as part of the original design. So if we go to Numbers chapter 28 again, here we go. Verse number 1. Here's, here's what God is asking every day, morning and evening. It is to be a continual sacrifice every day, two lambs of the first year without spot or blemish that really is interpreted without defect. Wow. Does that strike a New Testament scripture with anybody? He Ephesians 5.27, I don't know if they can put that up there. We know this very well. He says, every day, every day, I want you to present a lamb, one year old, without spot, without blemish. Read it. I have it here. Ephesians 5.27. Remember, it's progressive. We're, we are developing into the image that we were designed to be. That's right. I'll, I'll just read it very quick. Ephesians 5.27. That he might present the church to himself in glorious splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. So there's no, really, there's no, there's no gap. There's no gap in, in the uh, quality of worship from the Old Testament to the New Testament. God says, okay, here's the plan for worship. He says, in the morning, in the morning, I want you to give you, I want you to give me, okay, my breakfast. All right? It's got to be, it's got to be the highest quality. It's got to be without no burnt toast, okay? In other words, he is 
asking. He is wanting for his breakfast in the morning. He wants your highest praise. And when we give him that in the morning, to him, the Bible says, it's like his food, and it is like a sweet-smelling aroma. It's like, think about this for just a minute. If the Lord were to ask you, okay, to fix him breakfast, for. That is his food. That is his breakfast in the morning. And he says, I want it without spot, without blemish, without defect. In other words, hey, how are you, how you doing today, Bob? I'll get to you in a minute here. I got I to gotta check the I got to, I got to, you know, I got to go through my routine. I got to, I've got to do this for me. But really, if you think about it in this way, that I am, I am preparing him breakfast in the morning. And I want it to be special. And then he says, and in the evening, I want you to do the same thing. I want you to, I want you to fix me dinner. And I want you to fix it so that when you reflect on your day, that you're preparing it in a way that, boy, God, you were good to me today. You were good to me today. And before I have time to do the things that I want to do, I want you to know that you have been good to me today. He says, I want to First thing in the morning, he says, I want it in the evening. It was to be continual forever. And then, if you can, if, if we can just get that part. But then, you know, chapter 28, and I'm not going to read it all. But then he goes, and he, he says this. He says, and... Then on the Sabbath, guess what he wants? He wants double. It says, you can put it up there, Brother Clay. He says on, on the Sabbath day, after you've had a week, all right? Remember, the Sabbath, we're to rest, kick back, do no just keep him in, in our focus. He says, on the Sabbath, 
I want you to give me two more lambs without spot or blemish. In other words, he's saying, on the Sabbath, I want you to double down in your worship to me. I want you to give me double what you give me on the weekdays. And, and that's we kind of have that part down, though, don't we? On Sundays? On Sundays, we are, we are ready to go. But it, that's the way God, God designed it. He says, every day, morning and night, I want you to, I want you to fix me breakfast, and I want you to fix. And then on the Sabbath, he says, I want you to double down on everything that you do. I want double worship. I want double praise. I want double attention. I want you to absolutely feed me. And he doesn't stop there. You know what he does at the first of every month? He wants more. And he says, and then on the first of every month, <laughs> you know, after you've had a few weeks of, he says, on the first of every month, he says, I want you to give me, I think, seven lambs, a bull, and a ram. In addition to that morning sacrifice and that evening sacrifice. Now, I, you know, I, I don't know about you, but I've, for quite some time, I've always kind of held that principle, okay, for the most part. Morning, evening. Sunday is a day that I look at the previous week to see how things have gone. And then on the first of the month, I look over the month and see how things have went. Okay? But when it comes to our dedication to God, he says, the, really the foundation, though, is the morning, that never ends. The morning and the evening sacrifice continues every day, and then on the other days, you just add to it. You add to it. On, we're just going to, we're going to say Sunday. On Sunday, on, on Sunday, Brother Sergeant, oh, you, you need to double down when you walk in those doors. I, wanna, I want double praise. I want double worship. I want, I want you to feel like that you're going to come out of your shoes. And on the first of the month, oh my goodness. You know what? It doesn't stop there. Same chapter. He rolls over to the new year. And then on the new year, Oh, my word. They have the Passover. They have that week leading up to the Passover. They are in a time of celebration and worship. And it really, 
that, that principle, that mindset carries right over to the New Testament. Paul said in his writings, he says, the Lord is going to present himself a church as an espoused bride without spot, without wrinkle, or any such thing. And, and I, I know we, we probably, we all have our, we all have our times of devotion. There's, I don't question that at all. But I, I think sometimes that we lose that, that underlying principle of what we're really, you know, what God is asking us to give. And if we could think of it as in simple terms, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make him breakfast in the morning. And I'm going to make him dinner at night. And it's going to be special. And on Sunday morning, I'm going to look back at my Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. I'm going to say, oh, oh man, <laughs> have you been good to me this week, Lord? Have you been good to me? And I'm going to double down on my worship when I come to the house of God. Amen. Because whether we, uh, you know, and maybe we don't think about it enough, the Bible says that we are being transformed from glory to glory to glory to glory. Day by day, day by day, he is trying to get us back to that state, and we will not reach it in this flesh, but one day we will reach that perfect state once again. And our minds will be pure. Our hearts will be pure. We will not have those fleshly burdens that we have to overcome every day that we live here in life. We are, he, is, he is still working on a better, a better place, a better place. But my mission is to become a better person. That's my mission. And when we ever, when we lose that, when we lose that, and this helps me at least keep everything in context when it comes to my walk with God. Because after I know this principle and I wake up in the morning and I don't give him what he's worthy of, what I feel like is that I'm just flipping him a, you know, a, purse, a piece of burnt toast or something. What, in fact, I'm, I'm saying, God, I, I really don't have time, you know, for you right now, but I'll get to you later. I'll get to you at lunchtime. And I know we all, we're all going to be challenged with, with our with our devotions, okay? We all will. But if we can get a hold of this, say, God, I may not have an hour to give you this morning, but what I do have, the time that I do have to give you, it's going to be my quality time. It's going to be the best that I've got. I'm going to give you the best 10, 15 minutes 
that you have ever received in your eternal life. And that's what he wants. He wants the quality. He wants the best that you got. He wants entirely focused on him. Amen. And it forms a complete calendar. It goes around and around. But it all, it all starts and it all ends. Did you, anybody know what the, the Jewish uh, day cycle is? It's really strange. How do they, what, what is a, a day to them? When does it start and when does it end? The day, yeah. If you, if you read the book of Genesis, right? It says the, the evening and the morning was the first. And I, I thought of this is that, and I don't want to be completely crazy here, but I'm of the opinion that God can work in our lives even when we're sleeping. If we give him the opportunity at the end of the day. He can work on us in the nighttime. The Jewish day starts when the sun goes down. Okay? That's when it starts. And it ends when the sun goes down. There is no... There's really no, um, there's no differentiate in, 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 in the time. It's like one continuous day, you might say. Their day right now, it's starting, but it's ending too. And see, God works in the daytime, and he works at the nighttime. And if we can give him our mornings and we can give him our evenings, I'm convinced that he can do things even inside of our hearts and our minds when we are asleep. How many of you ever woke up and you, you had a word that you were impressed with? How many of you were impressed by a dream? We're not out of line when we say the Bible, God says it, I will speak to men in the nighttime, with dreams and visions. It happens, but we have to give him that opportunity to do that. And the way we do that is that progressive form of worship. I'm going to give you, I'm going to prepare a good breakfast for you, Lord, and nighttime, I'm going I'm to give you, I'm going to fix a good dinner for you. I'm going to give you what you are deserving of. Amen. Praise God. All right, let's stand tonight. I hope this has helped you. It's a, you know, it's just a, it's, it's a, it's a mindset that we can get a hold of it. I guarantee you, you're going to wake up in the morning, and you're going to think about it. You're going to say, okay, maybe I, maybe I can do a little bit better. Amen. Praise God.
All right, amen. Going to ask Sister Race, would you pray and dismiss us, please?